Hey survivors, Makeshift here to remind you that the Apocalypse Post is brought to you in no small way by our Patreon supporters. Join the ranks for early access and exclusive content with support levels now named for fancy Fallout-ridden factions like the $2 per creation Drifter or the $7 Wastelander. Knowing you've got my back has helped me dedicate more time to this channel, spreading love of the post-apocalypse, and less time on stupid real-world stuff. Sign up right now at patreon.com slash theapocalypsepost. did this ourselves. They're coming. It can't be. Where is everyone? Hey there, survivors. You're listening to the Apocalypse Postcast, a podcast. I'm your host, Makeshift, and this week, my guest is the Wasteland Weekend Build Crew Foreman. He's also the cultish leader of the Attack Squad tribe and lead singer of the Apaca rock band, Attack. He's known in the wastes as the False Prophet, and this will be his second time joining me on the podcast. You may remember him from an earlier episode, Wastelander Stories Part 2. He is Tim Cottage. Hey! Thanks for coming on, Tim. Dude, thank you so much for having me again. It's it's a pleasure to be back. Awesome. Well, you know, we got your perspective as a Wastelander last time. Now I want to get your perspective as a Wasteland performer. Your band yeah. Attack has played Wasteland how many times? Oh, um, since 2012? So that's eight times, right? <laughs> I'm making you yeah. do math at midnight. Yeah. You're making me do math. I've already had three glasses of wine. Hang on. So yep. that's eight times. That should have been, yeah, because that should have been our ninth performance in 2020 and my 10th uh -huh. year on Build Crew. Both yeah. of those numbers are on hold. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, all right. So to 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 sum up all that, that I all the introduction I just gave you, you had the Build Crew at Wasteland. You lead sing in Apocalypse you lead sing in an apocalypse themed band and you rule over a tribe based around that band. So yes. tell me, do you have control issues? I, I never sleep. And yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really, it's funny you ask because it was, you know, years ago where I realized, Oh my God, I'm a control freak. I need to calm down. Right. Oh, um, really? But I mean, it didn't, it didn't know. It didn't start out that way. You know, it was, um, you know, I, I played bass and in other bands for years and attack was the first band where I was like, I'm going to start this band and I'm going to collect the members and we're going to do this the right way. I mean, the right way being like, you know, the fun way we've yeah. talked about this in the previous interview we did on the apocalypse post YouTube where, you know, the goal is just to have fun, not trying to get a record deal. Cool. Awesome. So keep all, keep all that together on one side <laughs> and then, um, build crew. Um, I didn't ask to be put in charge of build crew. <laughs> uh, Adam just kind of thrust it upon me one day and, uh, and yeah, it's it, but, it's the best crew I've ever worked with in my life. And I just, I love all of them dearly. Awesome. And then, yeah, the, tr the, the tribe really just relates to the band because the, the entire point for the tribe was just to be a marketing machine for the band. So when we're not on stage at wasteland, there's still a giant attack eye on main street. That's amazing. Now um, you're the figurehead of that tribe, but are you also, do you also lead the tribe or do you have like some people in there to help you like uh, handle everybody? Well, so it, uh, in the past we had an entire like hierarchy within the tribe. Um, we had, you know, um, myself usually being like the dominar of the attack squad tribe, uh -huh. which can be just a, the flashy title for undertown doings or wasteland lore kind of stuff. But also like, yeah, tribe leader. Um, we also had like art director, transportation and logistics managers, treasurers, um, you know, load crew, setup crew, teardown crew. And in, as the years have gone by, um, those roles have slowly disappeared and <laughs> <laughs> so far it's just, um, uh, my brother, Joe fish, uh, who's also in the tribe, also part of undertown. Um, uh -huh. he is one of our like, uh, commanders of the tribe and, uh, buttercup, uh, Joe riot. He is our treasurer. Oh, yeah. Really? His job is just to poke everybody else to let them know that, you know, their dues are, are need to be paid. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, we need to do more, um, stuff like that with my tribe. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely helps for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, you, you do, it's kind of funny how you find yourself kind of thrust into these leadership roles, uh, in yeah. multiple facets. Um, and it does seem like you inspire people to follow you, uh, almost okay. like some kind of cult leader demigod. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Cause that's what the false prophet is. Yeah. Um, weird. Um, that part, you know, demigod 
cultist leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the big question there is if you were in a Mad Max film, which villain would you be? Oh, man. <laughs> no, shit. Hang on. Maybe Toe Cutter from the first one. Okay. I'm trying to think. That makes a lot I don't know sense. if I'm. I don't know if, if the false prophet is eccentric enough to like a Morton Joe or bullet uh-huh. farmer or, um, gas town. Right. Yep. Um, don't know if I'm that eccentric. Um, <laughs> but I mean, toe cutter was definitely eccentric enough and like weird and goofy and their gang was totally half-assed just like attack squad. And you do kind of have toe cutters hair if it was a little bit curlier. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's also one purple right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Yeah. Toe Cutter was was the most down to earth villain, wasn't he? He was just kind of a biker gang leader. Yeah. I mean, he he was super strange. You know, he had like lots of weird, like eccentric tendencies and, Uh and, uh, you know, the eye makeup and stuff as I'm looking at my purple hair and purple nails, right? My matching nails. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with Toe Cutter for sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Love it. That's perfect. <laughs> That's wild. You know, what's, what was kind of wild when I first went to, um, a wasteland weekend build day up at Adam's place, Adam's one of the wasteland owners for anyone that doesn't know. Um, I was speaking to, um, Oh, what was his name? He was the lead singer of the other wasteland band that was supposed to play 2011. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I oh. think he passed away last year, unfortunately. Um, oh my gosh. but yeah, I was asking him, um, you know, cause he kind of looked like a bad guy. And I was like, so if you were, if there was an actual apocalypse, would you be a good guy or a bad guy? And he was like, Oh, bad guy. Definitely. And I was like, I didn't know that people wanted to be the bad guy in these movies. I always thought people yeah. would naturally want to be the hero. Uh, you're, you're so pure. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's kind of wild because, uh, at Wasteland weekend, you get to do that. You get to be the hero. You get to be the villain and it's all in fun. Yeah. And, um, false prophet has always taken kind of a chaotic neutral path. Uh huh. Um, once we joined undertown, you know, we definitely have our <laughs> loyalties that lie there. Uh, but I still have lots of free reign to just like kind of fuck with everybody as, as I see fit, as I am bored or want to do. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, um, attack just released a brand new album, um, very recently called antagonist and the yes. title track has a music video that portrays you as a reluctant leader and your band as blind followers. Yes. Uh, if it's all right with you, I'm going to play a few seconds of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, just, just to get a little context here. All right, here we go. All right. And it was such a pleasure because you did ask me to edit this video and I had an absolute blast. Yeah. Yeah. And like and you, you did so well, so much better than I could have ever done. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was great. You guys. Um, so basically you are the false prophet in your throne and yes. you're singing a song and the rest of the band are your followers. They all have uh, blindfolds on because their eyes have been removed and you try to escape your position of power, but they drag you back and, and remove your eyes. And gouge out my own eyes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Like, the, the imagery in here is amazing. Plus, you shot it in the Mojave Desert. Yeah, um, we we actually we shot it on a Wasteland property with permission, of course, right? You can't just uh-huh. go out there and start filming music videos. <laughs> yep. uh, but it, 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 was a, it was a nice, big, wide open space where we knew the property owners and we knew if we went out there, the cops wouldn't just roll up and bust us. Cause <laughs> we're at the point now where we want to make these really cool music videos, but we can't really film them gorilla style anymore. So we need to get like permits right. and insurance and we need playback. So we had generators out there and you know, the big playback speakers. And so, yeah, it was, we were really lucky that we got to use the property for that. Yeah. So much fun. And, and yeah, that's, that's amazing that, that the wasteland properties, uh, available to you guys. Cause that's, yeah. uh, what a treat. And it's such a gorgeous location. I mean, you look around yeah. 360 degrees and Nothing. you don't see anything. Yeah. Nothing. Like maybe a few uh, radio towers, maybe the hints of Ariel Acres, which is the local um, <laughs> yeah. mobile home community. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we, we yep. kept it just out of frame. 
That's perfect. But yeah, I mean, maybe not 360 degrees, but 350 degrees of desert, really. Yeah, at least. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So um, with that song, Antagonist, um, tell me a little bit about like what you were going for with that. Um, as yeah, far as so, the writing. So, um, man, <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get this personal. <laughs> it's also one of those, it's also one of those things when you create art and yeah. you put it into the world, um, you are totally opening your art to interpretation and you are welcoming and opening the door for people to start asking questions. Uh, of, so of course, so that, that's something that I've kind of thought about, you know, especially with this song with a couple of the other songs as well. Um, but yeah, so, uh, fun fact since mid of 2020, um, I started doing weekly therapy sessions, uh, oh. got divorced, uh, back in 2016, I think it was. And, uh-huh. um, since then just, um, uh, let's see the best way to put it is my <laughs> self care wasn't super great. Uh, I hurt a lot of people. Uh, uh-huh. I was not the best version of myself and I'm okay. not super proud of it. Um, shame is an obstacle to growth though. And, mm-hmm. you know, while I don't feel guilt anymore, I still do feel remorse for these people that I've hurt in my path. Uh-huh. And, um, antagonist was really one of those songs that just kind of popped out, um, oh, in wow. kind of one of those moments of like imposter syndrome, um, you Got know, it. playing at the, uh, so I was actually on stage at the wastelanders ball in 2020 uh-huh. and, uh, we were in the middle of a song and I just like, it's really easy for me to get into my head when I'm just kind of in the motion of things. So uh-huh. we're in one of those songs that we've been playing for the last 10 years. And just like my brain just started kind of being an asshole and wandering. And there's all these people <laughs> singing along with us and cheering us on. And we're having a good time. And like, suddenly it was like a scene out of Bojack Horseman where everything goes dark, except for a single spotlight on me. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh no, I, I am a phony. I'm just going to take off my base and put it down on the ground and go get an Uber home. And these guys can unload all the shit. I'm out. Like Whoa. I don't, I do not deserve this. Uh, so yeah, so in a real dark place, uh, started therapy uh-huh. very shortly after that. Um, Good. cause we can all, we can all get better, you know, as you know, cause we're not dead yet. So, yeah. you know, I just took the opportunity instead of letting myself spiral and get worse and worse, uh, decided just to seek like professional mental health and like, uh-huh. you know, it's, I don't know. Everybody I think could, uh, benefit from therapy for sure. Uh-huh. And I'm really lucky that I did it when I did it. Cause it was starting to get bad. And some of the lyrics and the, um, lyrical content of this whole album, it's a little dark. It's a little sad, man. Um, uh-huh. but even after doing therapy of which I'm, I'm still doing by the way. Um, uh-huh. it's, um, it's one of those things where I look back at these lyrics and I'm like, man, sad boy hours were in full effect, <laughs> but, but I also don't want to change them because you know, it, you know, it was a certain time of my life and, uh-huh. and you know, it's a good reflection of that. And it's a good reminder that, you know, sure. I wasn't the best version of myself, but I can get better for myself and, you know, for the, you know, people that cross my path in the future. And yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, um, a cup, a couple of things there. Uh, I've noticed on your socials, you've been um, a bit of an advocate for therapy. Like I think you've suggested it to more than a few people and just talked about your positive experience with it. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I never go out of my way to like tell somebody like, you need <laughs> therapy, right? Like yeah. nobody wants to hear that. Um, right. I was told that for a while and I'm like, no, I'll get fucked. I don't need it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the best. I'm the false prophet. Right. Yeah. It can actually create um, a bit of a resistance. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like, you know, I've seen other people that are just like, oh man, I think I need therapy. And like, those are the ones I'll jump onto. I'll be like, you should do it. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to feel better. Uh Um, I mean, it's going to (laughs) suck. Like, but um, (laughs) that's how you know it's working is if it sucks. Yeah, that's a good point. And then the other, the other thought I had was um, it's, it is interesting how so much great art can come out of dark places. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Who was it? The, the writer, um, he, he said, uh, write, 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 write drunk, edit sober. And I think there's also a bit of a create sad, uh, promote when you're happy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or promote still sad. It's, yeah, it's art. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember, um, you know, when back when I, uh, and it's kind of interesting cause I, I got into art scene as a very, uh, traditional artist with a lot of, um, I, you know, like art class stuff, like paintings and, yeah. and clay and, you know, that kind of stuff. And a lot of my my art came out of kind of dark places and I almost yeah. like stopped painting 
because of that, because I, I found that my best painting was when I was like depressed. And so I'd almost like yeah. feign a depression when I was working on a painting, like just get really in my head. Um, and I didn't, I don't know if that was, <laughs> I don't know no, if that was yeah, the best direction for me to go. <laughs> yeah. Like you are your own worst enemy. You're your yeah. most harshest critic. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, God, what's the, what's the quote? It's something like when, when you, when you give yourself anxiety, you're basically writing fan fiction about yourself <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Cause this album that you put together is absolutely stunning. And I know, oh, thanks, you know man. I've, I've talked to you about it in the past. Yeah. I know I've talked to you about it in the past. You've, you've mentioned that it comes from a dark place, but it's, it's, it is really fantastic. And, I, and I'm not encouraging you to go there again, but yeah, sure. I cannot <laughs> wait to see what you come up with next and how the next album is going to be like your continued growth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like it, it, this also finally gave me the opportunity to wrap up the, the, the story that I've been building uh-huh. with the releases throughout the year. So oh, yeah, throughout the years. So, uh, rec, the, the Requiem EP, which was our second uh-huh. release, you know, a, a Requiem is a song for the dead. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that kind of told the beginnings of the death of the world. Uh, and then it was the apostate EP, which came next. And that kind of told the story of the false prophets fall from grace. Uh-huh. And then the Ascension EP, which was the false prophets rise to power and taking over the wastes. Right. Oh, wow. And then antagonist, the album kind of wraps it all up. It opens up with no God where it's, you know, I, it turns out <laughs> I was your God. Let's fucking kick into this and get shit done. And, um, it also, uh, the false prophet has that moment of doubt and that's uh-huh. where antagonist comes in. It's, you know, I'm not good enough. Uh, I don't deserve this. Let me out. Uh, but he gets sucked back into it. And, you know, by the end of it is, um, oh no, what's the last song on the album? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> oh God, we, 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 we went through this so, so many times. Different, you were doing different. so good. I um, know. While, while you're looking, while you're looking that up, um, I did not realize that there was an, a running theme in your albums like that. That's really, that's really cool. Did Ooh, you know, okay. like, did you know that your albums were going to go this direction or is you, is it just kind of like yeah. flowing with your life? <laughs> no, I had been building on this for years. Um, uh, so the, the end of the album, uh, the last two songs, church of the atomic, you know, that is, we are the new church. It's the birth of uh-huh. the new, the church of the atomic that the false prophets, the prophet is the leader of, and then uh-huh. left behind. It's definitely ending on a bit of a somber note of yeah. the world moved on and we were left behind, but we're cool. We got this. And then of course we wrapped it up with the, our, I will survive cover, which is yeah. nice and happy. <laughs> definitely fan service, right? Like everybody was yep. super into it. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that, that was another great, great song Dude, uh, you so, guys have some one, amazing ah, so covers all right survivors we're going to be right back with more from tim cottage talking about his album wasteland weekend and much much more right after this tired of wandering the wastelands unarmed are raiders constantly outsmarting you and taking your goods Well, my friend, stop being a rube and come on down to the Dukes of the Nuke. We've got a weapon for every open holster on your belt. Man, woman, or child, we will arm you to the teeth, no questions asked, and no money back guaranteed. So come on by and see us and make sure that you are armed and giving out peace through superior firepower. All right, so in this album and in a lot of your past music, you've done a ton of Armageddon themes from songs about zombies and nuclear weapons to songs that tribute Mad Max characters. What draws you to write about the end times? Um, I, I wish I had a really good solid answer for you, but instead <laughs> I'm going to do what I've been doing this whole time and ramble a whole bunch. Yeah, uh, do that. We, <laughs> um, so, uh, but when attack was first being formed and we started drawing uh, outfits and kind of trying to craft some stage ideas. We definitely, we settled on, um, like apocalypse Mad Max road warrior and Uh like road warrior was like the main theme that we were going for. And this was in 2009 and we'd never heard of uh, road warrior weekend. We'd never heard of Uh wasteland. We'd never heard of any of those. And, um, we started designing set pieces with it and stuff. And then we start playing shows and people don't get it. <laughs> I was making costumes for all of them, which means they were all just like super half-ass costumes. Um, awesome. But like, oh man, dude, at, at one point, um, we, we had a comic book in development 
um, cool. that was completely based around the breakout EP and uh-huh. the song breakout. And it was about how we all met and, you know, broke out of this compound where we were being held prisoners and we're traveling the wasteland trying uh-huh. to bring down the big corporate. Yeah. I, I wish I had a good answer for what draws me to it. I don't know. I think just being uh-huh. a Mad Max fan and a fallout fan, you know, for most of my life that I can remember yeah. was a huge draw for me. And, um, the band gave me a kind of an interesting opportunity to, to pursue that artistic style, you know, just not just within the music, but you know, like visually as well. That's great. And so when Wasteland popped up and you're in a pocket rock band, uh, were you just like, Oh my God, I, I, I yes. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> We, we, uh, so being a post-apocalypse themed hard rock band, like we're not really heavy enough to play with all the metal bands, but we're uh-huh. way too heavy to play with the rock bands. Right. It's kind of hard <laughs> to find shows out here. So That's we fun. would team up with a band from Tehachapi, California called, uh-huh. uh, Heralds of the sword. And okay. it's exactly as cheesy as it sounds. They were like a Knights <laughs> of the round table power metal band. That's amazing. Dude, they they were so good. Like they, all of them were incredibly talented. The songs were catchy. They were great, but they would go up on stage and like chain mail and like, uh-huh. you know, w- wizard robes and stuff. And it was very silly. So they would get off stage and everybody <laughs> looks really confused. And then here comes this road warrior band who's screaming about zombies and just like, we could uh-huh. not draw people to our shows to save our life. <laughs> so the guitar player of that band, his name is Wolf. He messaged me and he was like, Hey, you need to check out this, this festival. This is right up your guys's alley. Nice. And it was wasteland weekend. And it was the website for the 2010. The first yeah, wasteland a, weekend. Uh, yeah. Or no, nope, no, nope, must've been 2011. It was okay. advertising 2011. So it had all the pictures uh-huh. from 2010. And I was like, Oh my God, that this is our Mecca. Like guys, it's time <laughs> to go home. So I emailed wasteland and I think I talked to Carl, Carl Bartoszynski. Uh-huh. I was like, please let my band play. And he was like, mm, no, <laughs> but, uh, but you can volunteer for build crew if you want. Cause we really need help on build crew. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, we'll be there. So I turned on my band. I'm like, all of you fuckers are meeting me there that Friday. You're <laughs> like, ass crack of dawn. <laughs> We're going to weasel our way into this fucking, into this festival. Awesome. And, uh, so we got there and we brought like five or six laptops and a generator uh-huh. and a pile of blank CDs. And we had just finished recording. Holy shit. Zombies. So we were burning copies of holy shit zombies and just walking out into the wasteland, handing them out to <laughs> Wait, anybody who would take event? one this is at 2011. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, uh, Adam ended up really relying on myself and a couple other guys in the tribe to fix some things that broke during the event. Uh-huh. And we were just like, yes, absolutely. We're there. We'll fix it. So finally, Wasteland ends, and I reminded Carl that my band wanted to play next year, and he was just like, huh, okay, and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, months later, I get a phone call um, asking if I would bring some guys down to the off-season build crew. I'm like, yes, uh-huh. absolutely. And that was the year, that 2012 preseason, where, holy shit, zombies started getting played in the build yard a whole lot. And uh-huh. you know, we started working on a stage, and, 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 and finally, Adam looks at me at one point, he's like, all right. So is your band going to play or what? I'm like, Oh my God. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. It took you what a year and a half, give or take. Or so was yeah, it- I, about a year before we got the invite. Okay. Okay. Got it. So we, we found out about wasteland just a few months beforehand. And it was in the summer uh-huh. before 2012 that we, we f- officially got asked to come play. That's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, and- it was great. And so now since then, uh, Attack has played Wasteland Weekend, which is the world's largest Mad Max festival, more Correct. than any other band. Yes. Uh, and very I proud think of that. more than any other act other than the Juggers. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like out of every bit of entertainment there. I'm pretty sure you guys have played more years than everybody but the Juggers. I they think were there. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> they were there for Road Warrior Weekend, weren't they? Uh, I know they were there for at least the first Wasteland 2010. Okay. Um, they did yeah. like a promo type of deal. Yeah, yeah. So they have a couple years ahead of me, but yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, you know, playing Wasteland for this long, what's been your experience being this apocalypse rock band playing at an apocalypse festival? What's that like? Oh oh man, it's, it's like going home. (laughs) It's, it's, it's the one show we look forward to all year. We put the most work into it, you know, making sure all of the backing tracks and the samples and the big 808 drops and stuff like that are all, you know, perfectly dialed in. Um, uh-huh. it's, it's really interesting to go from the first couple of years we played wasteland. I would hand a pile of like t-shirts or, uh, 
like patches or stickers to somebody in my tribe with a megaphone, uh, megaphone. Uh-huh. And I'd say, go tell everybody that attack's going to play in an hour at the main stage. Uh-huh. And this person, you know, would go around, you know, Cody Yost was, I think the first one to, to take the mantle of this, just, you know, calling to everybody, just walking up and down main street attack is playing the main stage in 30 minutes, in 15 <laughs> minutes. And we'd get like 15 people there. And that was enough. We're just like, yeah, this is the best <laughs> show we've ever played. Uh, so now it's just, I mean, I mean, you've been there. It's, it's, it's side to side, but all the way from the stage, all the way to the atomic cafe, it's just packed full of so many people. And, um, yeah, it feels like home. Cause it's, it's, it's not, we talked about this a little bit in the interview on YouTube. You know, it's uh-huh. not just, you know, fans, right. That's, that's, it's really weird. Cause you know, if we play at, you know, some weird club in LA or something and like 40 people show up, some of them will be wastelanders. Most of them will just be there for the night because that's the thing to do that night. But like wasteland yeah. is like, we party with those, like everybody out there. We, we party with them all week long awesome. and a whole bunch of them are on build crew. So I'm with them for weeks <laughs> at a time. So it's not just like playing to our fans that we get to go see once a year at wasteland. It's like, no, that's family. And it's like the biggest show that we do and everybody loses their shit and everybody buys our merch and, all that money just goes into new recordings and it's just this violent cycle. <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I love, and yeah, it's, it's just like we talked about and guys, I'll, I'll link the um, Tim's YouTube, the, my interview with Tim on the apocalypse post. I'm going to link that in the show notes below so you can track it down. Um, Cause we do talk about that and, and you're, your camp is there. It's facing the stage after the show. You can literally walk back to your camp, sell merch, uh, sign your albums, uh, just hang yeah. out with people and share drinks. And it's just, it creates, I mean, it's, it's not a music festival, but at your camp it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like the attack squad is like the Ozfest tent at wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, and like, it, it's great because, you know, we also sell, you know, be, so because we're a cult, we sell, we, we don't sell, uh, we give away Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. Very spicy Kool-Aid. <laughs> Uh, knocks you on your ass. Um, and then, uh, it's, it's, it's really cool because it's not just us hanging out there. Um, the, uh, the folks in dead animal assembly plant, they all come uh-huh. hang out all the time. Those guys yeah, are they're great. a great um, band too. They put on a hell of a show. They're so good. I, it, yeah. I can't believe how freaking good they are, man. Um, Zach and I are actually going to team up for a Twitch stream here in the next few weeks. We're, Oh, that's awesome. We're, we're working out all the details, but yeah. And, um, yeah. And then an, an, one, another one of those moments where, you have to just step back and look at yourself and ask, how did I get here? When <laughs> I'm talking to somebody who, um, my friend, Stephanie, I hadn't seen her for six or seven years and she uh-huh. just popped up in my face at wasteland. She's like, hi, Tim. It's like, Oh my God. So I'm sitting there catching up with her and she looks over my shoulder and she goes, is that Jason Charles Miller from Godhead sitting in your throne? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's pretty cool actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's playing, um, not as not as Godhead, but as Jason Charles Miller, the correct like, rock country act. Yeah, it's uh, very like apocalypse country. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool. It's great. Uh, it's such a cool sound, and and uh, yeah, yeah, from him to, him to go from Godhead to this like different, but it's very him sound. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty wild. Yeah, he's a lot of and fun. And then he's um. So we we've talked about this. Adam and I have talked about this to an extent. Mm-hmm. you know, we love bringing in, I say we, as if I have a choice, I do not have a choice <laughs> into what bands play at wasteland. Um, like we talk about how the bands that get brought in, it's always great if they fit the aesthetic with visual and audio uh-huh. and you know, uh, their style and their attitude. If it fits the event, great. But if they stick around when they get off stage and make friends and go camp to camp, those are yeah. the bands that end up getting invited back. Yeah. That's a really good point. So th- really there's, there's point. the secret tip I can give if, if uh-huh. you are lucky enough to play at wasteland and you want to get invited back, immerse yourself in the community. Yeah. Oh, well done. Yeah. Cause I, I have heard about the bands that like, you know, they'll show up in the bus, uh, an hour before the show and take off after they're done. And I understand yep. like a lot of bands are, they're on wasteland as part of their tour so that, you know, it's just a date on their tour. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, and you know, that that's cool, but there is definitely something to like being a part of this thing. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, um, let's see, we're about a year into the plague, <laughs> a little over yeah. at this point. Yeah, uh, this what have you worst. been, 
<laughs> I know it's 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 insane. Uh, but this podcast grew out of it, so there's yeah. something. <laughs> Um, but what have you been doing to stay active in the music scene? Cause there's no shows, there's no concerts, there's no tours. Uh, what do you do? Uh, yeah. So since all the venues are closed, um, and even though some of them are open, we don't want to play, um, mm-hmm. at least not until like we can get vaccinated, you know, vaccine rollouts need to improve a hell of a lot more before we want to play publicly. Yeah. Um, so we just, we kind of sat on it for the first few months and then we kept singing, we, we kept seeing these, um, these Twitch streams pop up of like bands uh-huh. performing. So one of them that I saw was uh psycho stick. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. They are nope. a joke metal band. Um, <laughs> awesome. They're, they're super goofy. We opened up for them years ago. We opened up, we played with them and we played with um, West Borland's band, Blacklight burns. Uh-huh. And it, it was a wild night. Um, but I, I started seeing psycho stick doing these live concerts and there's people cheering and these little diamonds are exploding <laughs> on screen. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then they have a tip jar and it's just overflowing with money. Awesome. And they're just like, yeah, COVID sucks. And they're singing songs about how like dogs <laughs> love socks and going to the dentist and how much it sucks. And I'm just like, this is fucking wild. Um, ah. Kind of put it on the back burner in my brain. And then another month or two went by. And I saw uh, Matt Heafy, I think his name is uh, the lead singer guitarist of Trivium. Uh-huh. And it was like, follow him on Twitch. And I'm like, what the fuck? Twitch is for gaming. <laughs> so I pop over to his Twitch channel and like trying to navigate around. And he's just got a camera on his face, a camera on his left hand, camera on his right hand. And he's and he's playing Trivium songs with backing tracks, but he's playing the guitar live and he's singing live. Yeah. I was awesome. Like, oh my God. This is so, I, I could easily set this up for myself, except I'm going to take it fucking 10 more steps further and get the whole <laughs> band in here. This will totally work. I swear. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, so we, we eventually started just, um, dipping our toes in with gaming, trying to figure uh-huh. that out. Um, our weekly game nights got really big for a while, but I, I think awesome. people have kind of lost interest. Like you said, it's been a year at this point. Yeah. Um, the ones that really kick off for us though, is, is doing live concerts. And I think since May or June of last year, we've done one a month. So it's awesome. always the last Friday of the month. Um, we did a generic, uh, just a whole bunch of songs. Um, we've done, uh, we did one called songs we didn't write and where it was nothing but cover songs. Awesome. Um, we did an acoustic show, which was a whole bunch of songs old and new, you know, from the first release all the way to the new album antagonist, bunch yeah. of acoustic songs. We did the antagonist from start to finish, uh, back in February, we did the breakout EP from start to finish to celebrate its 10 year anniversary. Um, so uh-huh. it's been fun. I, it, we kind of just do this one month at a time. We, we make up our mind of what the hell we're going to do. Uh, at the beginning of the month and then practice for it all month. That's great. We've gotten really lucky with the audience and the people who have followed us to Twitch uh, because Facebook's algorithm is terrible for bands. Oh, really? Um, for small businesses, it sucks. Um, uh-huh. uh, Instagram live is really great for like moments in time, not for events, right? Uh-huh. Um, YouTube, we weren't getting much interaction on it. So we just decided to go all in on Twitch and then we made affiliate and then people started subscribing and then people are cheering and there's exploding diamonds and our tip <laughs> jar is overflowing. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is, this is what we have to do because all of the money we've made off of Twitch has gone straight to the album, you know, uh-huh. to finishing that. Yeah. Uh, it went towards the pre-orders that we did the special pre-orders just for the album of like, you know, the hoodies and the beer steins and stuff like that. Uh-huh. It's been a really cool way to not only stay connected with our listeners and with our friends and our fans, Um, but it's a way for them to interact with us because they can chat with us during the show. And like, we respond to their chats in between songs, right? Um, Uh they can cheer, which makes diamonds explode on the screen with their name on it. Right. Yeah. Um, It's really good for dopamine levels when you see that kind of stuff. It's absolutely triggering all of those. It's super (laughs) addicting to throw money at attack. It's great. Yeah. It's awesome. It is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, um, I know Twitch, Twitch does it. There's what stage it, uh, does a very similar thing. There's a few different, uh, venues for like live music or any kind of performances yeah. really. And it is a blast because you can, a lot of the tips are like, you know, 10 cents or a nickel. So you can just start blasting people with these small yeah. tips that really add up and yeah, kind I of think, like um, throw out a few stars throughout the show, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, so like, for example, uh, Amazon of the air raid sirens was in our, uh, acoustic stream. And in uh-huh. the middle of a song, she sent a thousand cheers. All right. Uh-huh. And then another, and then another, and then another, and then another. And so for like a good 30 seconds, it was just like Amazon twinkle explode, <laughs> Amazon twinkle explode. And it was just like, 
it, it, like I loved it. I love seeing like, you know, our friends like getting involved in this and like having fun. And, you know, we talked about this earlier off the air, you know, uh-huh. supporting our friends and their art and like whatever they're doing. Yeah. And like, it's really cool to see it come back to the band. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's so much more fun to tip $5 video game style on, on like a Twitch than yeah. it is to, to give the doorman at some crappy club $5. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then that $5 yeah. goes directly to the band. I think, tw- you know, Twitch takes a cut cause it's run by Amazon and you know, Bezos yep. needs his money. Uh, uh-huh, of course. Did you know we have to pay taxes on, on the money we made on Twitch last year? I just yeah, got the notice course. in my email. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. By the way, like, we sent a 1099 in your name. Yeah. Okay. Right. I was, I was thinking about that. I was like, hang on, how can Bezos get away with not paying taxes on any of that money? But you know, the $800 we made on Twitch over nine months, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to federal prison if I don't pay it. <laughs> yeah. It's cute, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. Thanks Bezos. Oh, thanks Bezos. He, he is like, I think he's the best chance. Him and Musk are the two best chances for like super villain right now. Yeah, dude. I mean, they both could have been like, you know, they both could have just like solved world hunger or something. And no, and yeah. instead they decided to be like weird half-assed Batman villains. Yep. Yeah. Just minus the, the good nature. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, what a shame. Anyway, guys, rich guys, just be better. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. Let's see. Back in the day, uh, when you had a band, I'm talking like 80s, 90s at this point, um, you formed a band, you played as many live shows as you could. Maybe you would cut like a one or two song demo and you would hope to get picked up by a label that would produce and distribute your music. Um, But like post 2000 ish, this is everything got changed. And now anyone can record an album in their living room uh, with even just like a mid priced laptop right and yeah. you can have your music on now you can have your music on itunes and spotify within a week like out yeah. into the world where anybody can find it um and so there's like the, this good thing that anybody can get involved with music but you're also now having to act as your own producer director promoter yeah. distributor uh and you have to compete in this incredibly saturated market so, so oversaturated. Absolutely. Yeah. So with all that said, what do you think about the music industry today? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, it's hard, man. Um, I, so, uh, the name of my band back in like the nineties, two thousands was called the toxic Twinkies, by the way. No kidding. That's a great name. Yeah. And, uh, our first song that we ever wrote and made a demo for was called toxic Twinkie. Right. Um, <laughs> And I would wear motorcycle armor and a giant rubber chicken mask head. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it, it was terrible. It was, it was bad. Um, oh my but, gosh. um, yeah, that was the goal. The goal was to keep re- making demos and get picked up by a record label. And uh-huh. then the toxic Twinkies would take over the world. <laughs> so I still have the drum skin hanging in my studio now. Nice. This is the toxic Twinkies. I'll send you a picture that's, of it later. That's but, so cool. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was the goal. And even up until like the mid two thousands, I was playing bass for a band called cursed lullaby, uh, based in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And, um, and we, we had a pretty cool, we had a pretty cool sound. Um, it was a lot of fun, high energy, uh, female lead singer, uh, gal Mandy. Uh, she's a makeup artist now, super successful makeup artist. Um, I awesome. love following her online. I'm glad we stayed friends after all these years. Right. Uh-huh. Um, that was also the goal though. Even then in the mid two thousands was get the record deal. And we would invite, um, record label, uh, representatives from like nuclear blast or, you know, you know, road kill record road runner records or, you know, whoever, uh-huh. uh, century media, whoever we could get out to like watch us play. Yeah. We would invite them out to play. And I remember one night we played in Hollywood and we invited century media records out to come and watch us play. And, um, we also would team up with this band across the hallway from us all the time guy named Chris played guitar for this band. It was another female fronted metal band. Uh-huh. And uh, like, we, we weren't a big fan of, of them like musically. Right. I mean, okay. we love them. They were great. They were super yeah. tight. They wrote catchy tunes. I don't know why it just wasn't really my, my cup of tea. Right. Okay. But we would invite them to play shows with us and they would invite us to play shows with them. And, you know, we Perfect. would just kind of do this back and forth just once in a while. And Chris was super cool. And, um, anyways, this A and R rep comes out to watch us play in Hollywood. And, uh, we never heard back from them from the record label. Right. Uh-huh. 
Um, but Chris's band in this moment went on to become <laughs> one of the largest fucking bands on the goddamn planet. What? We never heard from him again. Wait, which band was this? In this moment, they got the gal singing for them, uh, Maria, Maria Brink. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> They're <laughs> fucking huge. <laughs> Sometimes that's just how it goes, though. Right. Um, yeah, we were just like, okay, bye. <laughs> wow. Um, they were super cool to work with, though. Um, like, just like across the hallway, right? Uh-huh. And like, cool. off they went on their road to fame. And we were like, we're next, guys. Just wait. You'll see. Uh-huh. So this man i you i do this to you all the time you ask me a question and i ramble how do i feel about the music industry <laughs> it's it's luck it's it's really what it comes down to um uh-huh. it, it's luck and um we've decided like officially i guess uh-huh. um you know getting a record label deal was never the goal to begin with in the beginning okay um we had applied to a couple of other smaller indie labels in the hopes of getting help with distribution or promotion, but they all just wanted uh-huh. a shit ton of money, like right up front. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so really the way to do it these days is the way that like Macklemore did it, for example, um, created a super dope sound, uh, mm-hmm. wrote a bunch of really catchy tunes. And then mm-hmm. I think it was Warner brothers records called him in for a meeting. And he was like, all right, you and your buddy, here's the deal. You're going to get 7% to split of everything. That's, it's a really oh, good wow. deal. And he was <laughs> like, he was like, you can get fucked. And he walked out and he walked across the street where he knew that the Warner brothers distributions like uh, side of the label was. Uh huh. And he just walked in there and slapped a fat stack of money down, which again, he was lucky enough to have built a really strong following and made a lot of money off this band yeah. independently. And he just went, he just bypassed the label and went straight to the distributor. And he said, I want my thrift shop song on every radio station for the next six months, every 10 minutes. Yes. And they're like, okay, it's going to cost X amount of dollars. And like, you know, so he just does it himself. Um, Wait, so does pay to play still exist? Payola? I, I mean, I, I think so. It definitely in like little terms <laughs> of stuff like that. Right. Um, uh-huh. it, I mean, and it's, it was less here's money play by music. And it was, yeah, you are in charge of the distribution of these songs to radio stations. I'm paying for those services. Got it. Not Got paying it. Okay. the radio station directly. Right. Uh huh. Um, no effects is another good example of a band that, they do their own label. Like they made their own label. Um, uh, again, uh, not just luck. Um, fat Mike, the lead singer basis of no effects got uh-huh. a loan from a family member for like 14 or 16 grand or something like that. And that was the capital that he used to start the record label. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can be that lucky or privileged, right. To be able to have access to capital like that, to start a record label. Um, so that's just the way that we've approached it. People's attention spans have changed just in the last decade. Um, a really good example is if you look at a Scooby-Doo cartoon, right? The average length of time between shots is like 10 or 12 seconds, right? Oh, cause yeah, they would just, cause the animation was cheaper to stay on the same Correct. shot for a long time. Yeah. S- look at a SpongeBob episode. Do you know what the average <laughs> amount of time? I don't between, know, but I, between shots I, is <laughs> no, but it sounds, I think it's like a strobe light almost. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's like one second or like three quarters of a second. It's, oh it's just, gosh. it's really quick. So the yeah. way that we consume media has changed a lot and that's not uh-huh. just for TV shows. It's also for music and for videos and for video games and stuff like that. So yeah. what we're kind of seeing now is the people that are getting famous musically, a lot of it's uh-huh. viral kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, look, look at Rebecca black and her Friday song, yeah. you know, that went viral as hell. She made a ton of money off of it. She just celebrated her 10 year anniversary of it, by the way. No way. Yes. She released oh, a remix. Man. It's, it's very silly. You need to check it out, but like, <laughs> I'm glad she got to embrace it. No. Yeah. She absolutely did. It's been, it's been yeah. fun watching her like track on like trying to be a pop artist. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like now that she's under like, uh, she's under like a little indie label or something like that. Um, uh-huh. but again, it all goes back to just like, she had this viral hit. Yeah that got famous for all of the wrong reasons. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, um, you know, she just leaned into it hard and became the like, you know, up and coming pop star that she is now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know you. Um, again, you asked me, how do I feel about the record <laughs> industry right now? The music industry, <laughs> the music industry. It, yeah. It's hard, man. Um, but the, so this release, um, antagonist is the very first release that I have put out under, I, I finally pulled the trigger on something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. And I started my own record label. We had awesome. been doing it 
anyways, just our own promotion, our own distribution, our own, you know, recording, producing, mixing, mastering, everything. Right. Uh Um, instead of just like hoping a label comes along one day, like, fuck it. I'm just going to put a logo (laughs) on the back of the CD and it's uh, it's Midworld records. Midworld. What's that mean? Uh, it's another dark tower reference, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, Midworld is the part of the universe where most of the dark tower series takes place. Got um, it. I think Stephen I King, Stephen King read, um, you know, the Lord of the Rings series when uh-huh. he was younger. And he said, I, you know, I'm going to write a series just like this. Fantastic. But he didn't start it right away. Cause he didn't want to completely rip it off. And then years later he was watching, um, a fistful of dollars in, uh-huh. um, in a movie theater. And it was, it's Clint Eastwood, right? Yeah. 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 And, and there's just the scene of Clint Eastwood holding his gun to the screen and, and you know, it's eight stories tall and here's just this rugged cowboy in this uh-huh. like epic Western. And he was like, Oh, there's my book. <laughs> so elements of, uh, elements of the Lord of the Rings trilogy definitely seeped in. Uh huh. So instead of, um, instead of a uh, middle earth, it's Midworld. I'm like, mid-world. Oh, okay, come on, Stephen King, you can do better than that. <laughs> well, I guess if you're going to rip something off, uh, you may as well embrace the fact that you're ripping it off and just kind of go with it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. Midworld Records. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but it's kind of neat to just be <laughs> like, I, I, we have finally embraced that we are our own record label and it's got a yeah. name and it's copywritten and that's that. So awesome. I don't and know. What, I don't know where it's going to go from here. What can you do different with a label? then you could not do without it. You know what I mean? Uh, so I can put a logo on the back of the CD case that says, okay, that, World that's Records. good. <laughs> <laughs> um, reaching out to people for uh, publicity, stuff like that, doing album reviews and stuff like that, doing it as uh-huh. a label instead of as a band, Got you it. might have a better shot or so I thought I sent out about 400 emails trying to get people to review antagonist. I got uh-huh. one. And they, it was just an invite to do a guest blog of what, of who I thought would be fun bands to tour with, with attack one day. <laughs> okay. So don't get me wrong. It was a fun exercise and yeah. it, it was a lot of fun to think about it, but you know, in the middle of like of the 500 emails, I got about, I don't know, maybe 40 or 50 rejection emails. Uh-huh. And then this one email and I'm just like the dream attack tour. Mm, who would it be? <laughs> like it, it, it was a little tough to pull myself out of that funk, but yeah, but it, it, it was still fun. Yeah. So basically your the music industry is still just a grind. Yeah. It's, it's wild, man. Um, you got to strike while the iron is hot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting though, because at the same time you, there's these opportunities to create a fandom on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch, like, you know, if, if I always, I always say like, you know, so the apocalypse post doesn't get huge numbers on YouTube, but it gets yeah. good numbers. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm happy. And the fact is like, if I put out, um, you know, like the documentaries, like, um, the wasteland documentaries, if I put them yeah. out into a movie theater and a hundred people were in that room, I would be like, this is amazing. So many yeah. people showed up. Right. But if I get a hundred hits on YouTube, I'm like, all right, it's just getting started, you know? Yeah. And those, yeah. And those docs are now in the like tens of thousands of views. And that's something I would never you know, I couldn't have gotten them into a theater long enough for 20,000 people to go in and watch it. You're like, yeah. Okay. Right. You know? So I think it's, it's really unique. And, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting world where, you know, it's still a grind. It's just a different kind of grind. Yeah. And you have to continue to evolve, um, your promotional strategies and yeah. your social media presence. Um, so like Facebook is dead for us, man. We, we got 13,000, 14,000 likes or followers on Facebook. They keep changing whether they're going to be likes or follows. I can't keep up with it. Uh-huh. And we'll make a, we'll make a post. And if we post about anything that's not Facebook. So if uh-huh. we post a, a YouTube video, a link to our Twitch, anything that links to an outside website uh-huh. of those 13,000 people, Facebook will show it to 20. Yeah. Like yeah. 20 people. That's it, man. Um, it's not. So, uh, we've really leaned into Twitch. We've been doing great with great. that. Um, great. Instagram is still working fairly well for us. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm really bad at creating Instagram friendly content. <laughs> yeah, same. So that's tough to keep up with. Um, TikTok is another one. Um, uh-huh. we've tried to make a couple of videos on TikTok that are band centric. Those completely fucking flopped. I've tried making a couple of videos that follow some of the TikTok trends. Those did a little bit better. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's the, the TikTok algorithm is strange. It's great as a, as a viewer on TikTok. Uh-huh. Um, as a content creator though, D 
dear God, it's tough to break into it. Um, <laughs> that, that one's been tough. Um, but one thing that we just did a, a few weeks back, we started our own discord server and awesome. just like overnight, a ton of people joined. Okay. So like a ton is like 40, right? Yeah. Um, but like we now have a place to interact with our fans every day. They immediately see our messages unless they turn the notifications off. But like all we did was put out a link. They were like, we have a discord server. Come hang out. I guess if you guys really want to, <laughs> yeah. And all of those people went out of their way to come hang out with us. Awesome. So we've been using that just as like daily bullshit. Um, we have a, we have one channel on the server called attack mealtime where we just post pictures of the food that we're cooking or eating or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, we have another one called cover ideas. So you can go uh-huh. into this channel and suggest a cover to us. And we're just going to tell you, no, like that's the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, it, dude. It's, it's been so fun. Uh, we have another one for game night and that one's the big, uh, that one's the big push for like, um, when, when our game nights on Twitch get way too crowded and there's too uh-huh. many people trying to join in on these, uh, games we play with viewers like Jackbox or something. Yeah. Um, we hide the screen with the code on it and we only give the code to our discord server. So okay. then they know on game night to hang out on the discord channel or on the, on the game night channel. Got it. We'll give them the cords there they can get in there and, um, and play with us there. So it's kind of a, a, a VIP pass to play games with us on Friday nights. That's great. Dude. It's, it's, it's been so hard to figure out like what works to help promote a band without just seeing like, without just seemingly being a promotions robot, trying to get money from our friends and fans. Like we just, we want people to see content when we put it out and like, tell us they like the album. That's pretty much all yeah. we want in life. Yeah. All right. So with all these social media things going on today, and, uh, I know that we took a long time to talk about the music industry right now. Which, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if but, that uh, gets edited down to like a third of the length, I won't be mad at you. I, I really went off there. <laughs> no, it's, it's good stuff. And I, I find it really fascinating. Uh, but my next question, I'm a little bit scared to say out loud, uh, but I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. What do you think the music industry is going to look like in like another 10 or 20 years? Oh, heck. Because <laughs> if you can figure it out, like you would, it you would it would be like you just magicked it, you know? Like, <laughs> what am yeah, I trying okay, to say? Right? You know, like yeah. All right, so I didn't mean to just social. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to disassociate there for a minute, but I was trying to think. <laughs> Dear God, what would that look like? Um, I predict, um, more short, instantaneous content. Yeah. Um, but also like people still really like going to concerts, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the want to go see live bands perform, I don't think that's going to go away, mm-hmm. but I think the way that the music gets distributed will be different. Um, Spotify is reigning supreme right now. And I think for every stream of an attack song, we get point zero 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 seven five cents or something like that. Uh-huh. Give or take. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like Spotify will probably still be doing its thing. Uh huh. Facebook, I don't know. I, I don't know if Facebook, not <laughs> for music. I don't think Facebook will be good for music. Uh huh. Ooh, this is tough, man. Yeah. Like, uh, think about like radio stations, you know, because they're playing, if they're a top 40, they're playing the top 40. If they're not a top yeah. 40, they're still playing the top 40. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, there's very, very little music discovery. We've got a couple great stations here in Nashville for music discovery. Uh, yeah. More, more than any city deserves, to be honest. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people will jump on, you know, ask Alexa to play like music like this artist, jump on Spotify, Pandora yeah. to, to explore music, which you don't necessarily get to do that on the radio. Of course, they'll play new stuff that that the music machine wants them to play. Yeah. But they're not helping you discover the lesser known music, if that makes sense. No, yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely feel like radio has been. If you listen to radio executives, they'll tell you it's never been stronger. It's never been you know, <laughs> more powerful of a force in the entertainment world. Uh-huh. Um, but like, honestly, um, the only people I know that listen to radio, listen to satellite radio. Uh-huh. And a lot of it's because like they bought a car and it came with a satellite radio package, right? Yeah. There's a lot of really good options there. Um, but yeah, Spotify, Pandora seem to be the ones that like really, uh-huh. really push for that. Oof, this is hard to say. I also don't I have a pulse on like pop music. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I do because I, I love all kinds of music, right? So uh-huh. I, I try to stay on top of like all these new bands and stuff and, and pop artists and stuff coming out. But um, yeah, I don't really have. Oof. 
Yeah. It's actually, I, I hadn't even thought about it before I wrote that down. And yeah. I'm going to have to think about that for my industry. You know, like, yeah. what the hell is content creation going to look like in 10 or 20 years? It's going to be nuts. Yeah, dude. And like, like so I, I, I'm definitely keeping a pulse on TikTok because I uh-huh. feel like there's a way for the band to promote itself on TikTok. I just yeah. need to do it. Uh-huh. Um, I need to figure it out. So I've been following some other bands and stuff <laughs> and watching what they do. And I'm totally going to rip all of them off. Awesome. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely the future of entertainment is TikTok, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> short form, uh-huh. random. Um, what, what did somebody call it? Doom scrolling. You're just yeah. scrolling and just like taking in the information. Uh-huh. And we're at the point where it's that, you know, dopamine overload. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard, man. I don't know. Cool. Well, we'll think about that and I'll have you back on in a future episode and we will describe yeah. the future in detail. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh man. And, uh, of course that doesn't, doesn't count on the world just continuing its, its ride to hell. So dude, um, I'm, I'm so ready for this shit to be over. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of which, what's your plans for shows when, uh, we we're finally on the back end of the pestilence. Oh man. So as, uh, our, our rule as a band is, you know, we all want to get vaccinated first. Um, yeah. we don't want to fuck around. Um, right. We have three, um, people directly linked to the band, you know, uh, uh, wives, significant others, partners, whatever, uh-huh. um, who are either, no, we're looking at four of them now, uh, that have, uh, no health insurance uh-huh. or are immunocompromised. Right. Got it. Um, so like we, we really can't fuck with that. Um, yeah. You know, so when we do our game nights, you know, sometimes the whole band is here we keep our bubble pretty small. Um, so we, we try, we try not to, you know, branch out and spend a whole bunch of time with people that we could be spreading it. So uh-huh. as far as live shows can is as far as live shows goes, I know it's a real roundabout way of getting to it. Right. <laughs> um, you know, vaccine rollout have to be real nice and strong. Uh, uh-huh. we want, you know, all the venues to be reopened again, like, you know, uh-huh. just a little bit of a sense of normalcy back. Um, if, if we get an opportunity to perform, you know, so like Wasteland yeah. coming up uh, at the end of this year, we hope, fingers crossed, uh-huh. vaccine rollouts seem to be doing okay, not as good as they could be going, right? Uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, if Wasteland rolls around and we're all vaccinated, like, I think we'll probably end up, like, we would take that show. Yeah, um, great. But if I got a phone call tomorrow from the local bar down the street and they said, hey, does Attack want to come play a two-hour set in a packed bar with no masks because of freedom? <laughs> I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. <laughs> And do you think you'll keep up with uh, like Twitch and, and live streaming and that kind of stuff? Do you think you'll keep going even once like concerts are back? I think we will um, because uh, we'll have to see. So uh, let me roll that back a little bit. We'll wait and see uh, because if suddenly everything opens back up, we're back to normal, you know, let's say a year from now and Uh um, people are out there and they're going up to bars and they're celebrating birthdays and they're going to see other bands playing. They're going to see big bands playing and stuff like that. And it's Friday night and attack goes live on Twitch. And we have two people <laughs> logging on to watch us. Cause everybody's out doing something. Cause it's Friday night. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably dial it back a bit from there. But I mean, if, if there's still a demand for it and people are still uh-huh. interested and you know, we're still making money off of doing it, then yeah, absolutely. We will totally keep it up. One of the things I was wondering about, um, is when we come out of this is, is live streaming your show is going to become so normal that you'll just live stream your live shows. So right. that, so, so that the people that aren't in town can still see you perform, even if they can't get to that venue. Yeah. Right. I was thinking about that. Um, I would be able to set it up really easily now. <laughs> just like go up to the mixer and just be like, just give me a headphone out. I got this. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can do it on a cell phone, so yeah, it could be absolutely. worth keeping up with. Yeah. Awesome. I, I would so love to your, be able to do that. Yeah. I, th- I think, that, I think it's going to become more important. And honestly, like if I was doing a, a band today, I would almost be online more than I was live. Right. Just because of the reach you can have. Yeah. It's, know? it's huge. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, all right. So you, you kind of did it, but do you have any predictions for Wasteland Weekend 2021? Um, whether it's, whether it's on or not. Ah, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm being cautiously optimistic, man. I same. I, I, I hope the vaccine rollout improves a bit more in California. Uh-huh. And, um, I don't know. I just hope the state can get its shit together. <laughs> it's, you know, it's the, <laughs> the fifth largest economy in the world. Second largest state, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think something like that. Um, yeah, a lot right. of people here, man. Um, I, re- I hope it happens. 
Yeah. I think with the current trajectory, it's probably looking okay as of, you know, mid February when we're doing this interview. Uh huh. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think there's a really good shot. It's, it is though. It is like right on the line. Isn't yeah, it? Like it's, it's so it was, close. It's, it's like too close to call, man. If it was a month later, I'd be like, yeah, no sweat. And if it was a month earlier, I'd be like, Ooh, I don't know, but it's like yeah, right yeah. on the line. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, so as, as you know, production manager of voice on weekend, I had a couple of people message me and they're like, Hey, um, so is Wasteland happening this year? And I'm like, dude, I don't fucking know. <laughs> nobody knows. Yeah, dude, nobody knows. Wasteland yeah. does not know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. got to feel it out. And of course it's going to all rely on, uh, the state and local ordinances on large events. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the state could look really good. Vaccine rollouts could be kicking ass and then Kern County could be like, nah, get fucked. You're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good. Hmm. All right, cool. Hey, plug your socials. Oh man. Okay. Uh, my socials, um, the band. Yeah. We're doing the band one. Yeah. All of them. All yeah, of them. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> Every last one. No, I want to know your Twitch, one. your Facebook, your YouTube, everything. Yeah. 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 So, uh, uh, facebook.com slash attack. That's a H T C K. There's also attack.com that links to a whole bunch of stuff, including our propaganda site, which is upcoming uh, events and news and stuff like that. Um, Instagram.com slash attack twitch.com. I'm sorry. No twitch.tv slash attack. Um, tricky discord. I, I don't know how to link people to that. It's, it's, oh, okay. a, it's, a, it's a weird link. I'll send it to you and you can put it in the notes. I'll, I'll put it in the notes. Look yeah, below. Yes. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. Facebook, Instagram, twitter.com slash attack, youtube.com slash attack. It's good when you can get all those URLs to match. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> let's talk about attack. <laughs> <laughs> so we used to go by the name of all hail the crimson King, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, it's a, a super nerdy Stephen King, dark tower reference. And uh-huh. we, we couldn't get very many shows. We couldn't figure out why. And one day we were getting ready to play at the Viper room and we did sound check and they have the curtain closed and the sound guys on stage with us. And he's like, what's your guys' name? I was like, it's all hail the crimson King. He goes, Oh, you guys are that King, uh, King crimson tribute band, right? What? what? No, <laughs> oh. dude, we're, we're like a hard rock metal band. He's like, Oh, thank God. And he gets on the microphone, which is just a one way to the guy up in the sound booth. And he's uh-huh. like, Hey, f- Hey Frank, they're, they're not a King crimson tribute band. They're just a metal band. <laughs> and then we hear on the monitors on stage, he's just like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> And you're like, oh, uh, may- maybe this is why nobody will book us. Everybody thought we were a King Crimson tribute band. That's I was like, hilarious. Okay. okay, this makes sense. So then we we played around with the acronym. We're like A H T C K. That says something, right? And we just we kept looking at it and looking at it, and somehow I convinced those jerks that it says attack. <laughs> I was like that totally says attack. They're like, I don't know, does it? We're like, yeah, just like AFI, which stands for a fire inside. But now they go by AFI. We could go by attack. That says attack. Hell yeah. Dude, like nobody knows how to pronounce it. <laughs> no, like Everybody <laughs> thinks it's like Otic or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, we, we actually are banned from playing at the House of Blues in Anaheim. Why so? Uh, uh, that's the one at Disneyland, right? Th- uh-huh. They're moving now, but this was previously before they moved uh, because all hail the crimson King is not family friendly because it alludes to Satan worship. <laughs> We've literally been banned from the house of blues at Disneyland. So wow. that's kind of cool. Right? Yeah. So like we can't catch a break with this stupid fucking name, but now it's been <laughs> 10 years and like, we just have to stick with it. Um, yeah. So it's no surprise that a H T C K was available on everything except, <laughs> except TikTok. What? Somebody took attack on TikTok. All right. Well, now I'm going to go on TikTok and look up what the hell. It, I, I, I think else? it's somebody in Indonesia. Um, oh, wow. So if you look up the hashtag of attack on certain websites, uh-huh. um, specifically like Middle Eastern and Indonesian, attack is either part of or it is a word that means something. I haven't okay. been able to figure out what it means um, or if it means anything or if it's just part of a word. I don't know. Huh. But on TikTok, our username is attack talk (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious yeah a h t c k t o k attack talk attack talk actually that's that's pretty clever i like that i thought i thought it was cute yeah yeah so do you ever do you ever uh say hey guys we're gonna be doing a talk show later and a a talk show yeah that i'm sorry it's painful (laughs) oof my soul 
Okay. Well, that's great. Um, we got, we got through it. Yeah, we, we did we it. did good. Yeah. All right. Uh, so everyone out there, go check out Attack's new album, Antagonist. It's available now on Spotify, Amazon, Bandcamp, wherever you get your music. Where do, where do most people find it, Tim? Uh, so Spotify is the big one. People just yeah. stream it. Uh, if you want to actually give money to the band for the album, the best way to do that is on our Bandcamp page, awesome. which is uh, attack.bandcamp.com. And awesome. um, it's under a, uh, I think it's a pay what you want system, but it's it starts at 10 bucks. So if you want to pay yeah. more for it as a tip, you totally can. That's awesome. And are you doing any hard prints for this one? CDs, albums? Yes, we do. Uh, those are all available on our merch store, which you can find the link on attack.com or, oh my goodness, hang on. That last yeah. sip of wine made me kind of gassy. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> okay. High quality radio here, folks. Yeah, let me try that again. Let me try that again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you want to get a hard copy of it, <laughs> you can go to, uh, uh, go to attack.com where there's a link to the merch store on there, or it's uh, attack.bigcartel.com. Going awesome. to attack.com is going to be the best way to get there, though. Uh, that's how awesome. you get some merch. There's physical CDs. A um, couple of, uh, we, we just restocked the ladies' tank tops. We just got a restock about six months ago of the uh, Wasteland's most talentless shit band <laughs> tank top. Those ones are a little it. more pricey because it's like a five-color print or something. They're crazy. Uh-huh. Um, we got... Uh, the new stickers are on there. The new patches are on there. So yeah, we just uploaded all of the new stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. And you guys have some pretty badass looking t-shirts. I know uh, I've got one uh, in the, in this room right now, somewhere in there behind you. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I think that's about it. You feeling good? I'm feeling fantastic, man. Cool. All right. We'll call it. Thank you so much for coming on today, Tim. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. All right, guys, we will see you next time. Well, I, I will. Tim won't be here next time but he'll be here again yeah and i'll be listening to the other shows as well so it's like (laughs) we're all listening together yeah all right until next time survivors stay alive